I'm Kayla. And I'm Lance. We are the Jaded Roses, and this is our Broken Mirror. Where we deep dive and take a really good look at ourselves, each other, and everything around us. Let's just hope we don't get any glass lodged somewhere unseemly. So, this is our third, probably last, but we'll see what happens, part for the Beastars slash Pride celebration that is June 2021. (laughs) Yes, it's 86 degrees in here. (laughs) I'm hot. (laughs) So you are ready to talk about our uh, favorite furry OTP. You know, when I think of the ways I make my family proud, (laughs) talking about furry OTPs is definitely not one of the highlights I thought would be up there. So I guess we can start in on Beastars content. On furry fucking. That was a joke. I was going to say, if you really want to go into this, do you want to go into Louis fisting Lagoshi's mouth? I'm sure it'll come up again. I guess we can get the gray wolf out of the room. Okay. He is, I guess, technically the main character. Yeah, I would so consider him the main character. Talk about Legoshi and how fucking awkward he is. You know what me and Legoshi have in, in common? I found out I am also awkward, so I am in common with him on this. <laughs> Let's see, you know what else y'all have in common? What? Y'all are my entire heart. Oh! <laughs> Throughout the season, we do see him as this, like, socially awkward, doesn't know how to express his feelings, doesn't know what he's feeling, doesn't know how to talk <laughs> to anybody. But for the first, like, ten minutes of episode one, yeah. I guess they just wanted, like, some false tension. But they, like, keep him in the shadows, and he's always got, like, the Kubrick stare going on, and... Yeah, they're playing into the stereotype of him being a carnivore and a wolf. And I get it, but, like... Yeah. That might just be, like, one complaint I have about the season, because shit like that's so overdone. So, I agree with that, but I think it also um, shows how emo Lego she truly is. Yes, it does add to his being my entire heart thing, but I also (laughs) don't like it. Okay, okay, all right, that's fair. I'm complicated. Yeah, at least he acknowledged the issue. As we also see toward the beginning of episode one, he overhears like students talking about the, the initial attack that starts the series off, and they actually bring him up, not by name. They just mentioned the Grey Wolf in Drama Club, and he's like just around the corner. Presumably he heard the whole thing. So he's like hyper aware of what other students of what uh, uh, specifically herbivores like think of him and his entire being seems to be not doing that (laughs) yeah he definitely does not want to be perceived as a normal carnivore he doesn't like the fact that he is imposing and that he you know, is physically very threatening in comparison to the herbivores, even though his behavior, his own personal behavior mimics more of herbivores. Yeah, I think there's an argument for both cases, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. It's honestly probably both. But subverting that sort of stereotype, because he does, he doesn't know that he is physically daunting. So his personality has Mm -hmm. shifted so completely opposite to that. Mm -hmm. So that he can hope to balance it out and at least be seen as not somebody who's going to eat them. 
Well, I mean, he even tries to make himself fit, uh, not as physically imposing. Like, he'll hunch over, mm-hmm. he'll Constantly lean forward hunching. to try and minimize his stat- his stature. And if he's talking to someone who's lower, particularly Haru, but that comes later, mm-hmm. he'll always, like, stoop down to talk to someone who's smaller. Yes, which I think also is one of those things that helps him because it's more of a face-to-face, so that way they can see him mm-hmm. as well as he sees them. Yeah, and since you brought it up, how emo he is. I mean, he is. I'm definitely not arguing. We get the perfect (laughs) sort of like introductory main character is emo one-liner in episode one after he hands Els the love letter from Tim, who was the alpaca that got eaten. Mm. She offers to like tell everybody that they're wrong about him and that he's one of the good ones and this, that, and the other. And he's basically just like, it doesn't matter. Feared and hated. (laughs) Story of my life. Oh, I know. So sad and so emo. I just want to hug him. He's so emo. It's (laughs) so bad how emo he is. No, he's very fucking emo. You can definitely tell he does suffer from depression. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, it's noted primarily through others how much darker and isolated he is in comparison to other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Because even carnivores are supposed to be, like, rambunctious. They're pretty much, like, life of the partiers. Like, look at Bill, look at uh, Juno. Both of them are very prominent personalities, even though they're not similar. They're mm-hmm. prominent personalities, and they're both carnivores. When you look at the herbivores, they're not as dominant, because they don't have the stature or the power behind them. With the exception of Louis, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. But we'll get into Louis specifically, and why he's the abnormal Yes. in comparison. But it, I'm talking just in general. They are very prominent personalities. So the fact that Legoshi is darker, and he doesn't really hide his darkerness. Like, he hides it to a degree, but he's not, like, trying to be someone else. He's still trying to be himself and be realistic, but he's not trying to bring anyone down into his moods mm-hmm. or anything. He wants other people to be happy. I mean, he even talks about how he wants uh, Harry to be happy. He wants Louis to be happy. He wants everyone to be happy. But he also recognizes that sometimes being in fear of letting his inner animal behavior out, he really tries to hold in all the emotions. So that way it doesn't come out and harm anyone. Because like we talked about earlier in this was anyone in the drama club has basically a past. So I think Legoshi probably witnessed something and witnessed how truly dark carnivores could be. And I think it's one of those kind of like a repressed memory of sorts. Mm-hmm. Because when he, and later in the season, he talks about how, you know, he's seen how bad carnivores can be in society and at a school. You know, not all of them are good and we can't pretend that we're all good. It's definitely one of those things where he's in an effort to, again, make himself smaller and less threatening. He definitely doesn't show emotions, which makes it, I mean, multiple people have said, like, he's a nice person. You just can't connect with him. Yeah. Because of that. Very, like like wants to be inviting and pretends to be inviting but he's actually Mm -hmm. so distant and seemingly cold that nobody Mm -hmm. can read him so nobody tries to get close yeah because you can only do it so much and not see a reaction especially as these are teenagers we're talking about as characters so it's not it's definitely not people who have the emotional intelligence to understand that this could be someone who takes a long time to open up because a lot of them feel like especially as a huge carnivore like him he should have that kind of confidence already in him to just go up and be that but he doesn't right 
So also in episode one, we get introduced to Louis, but the main focus, since we're still on Legacy as a primary focus, is I like he had to have seen him before. Obviously, the Birth and Drama Club and like has had like not necessarily a history with him, but like he's been watching him like a lot because the first thing he comments on is like his mannerisms, his speech and just fawning over him in his brain. And it's just like, are you in love? Is that what that is? (laughs) Is that what this is? It's like coming on real strong to this character that we've never seen before. I mean, the heart wants what it wants. I told you last last episode, I think, or the episode before that, Legoshi is a demisexual. When he has that connection, he just falls for them. And he's just, he's he's fawning over him. I feel like that's a, a different conversation to have about me and what that says about me and how closely I identify with Legoshi. So we're gonna skirt right by that. Following our introduction to Louie, we get another weird homoerotic, arguably, interaction when Louie tells Kai, it's like while he's telling Kai off that like he can't take Tim's place because he (gasps) fucked up like two shows last year or something. Mm -hmm. And Kai tries to hit him. Yeah. Don't ask me why a mongoose's reflex is to hit instead of bite, but whatever. And Legacy gets in the way and like blocks the shot from hitting Louie. And it's very oddly like like i said it's it's oddly like homoerotic even though it's not really intended to be at this point louis had also demoted kai in that conversation to being part of the stagehands or specifically to oh, being yeah. put into the art department mm-hmm. which does make him a stagehand and when like she blocks his punch he says actor safety first that's the job of the stagehands right and it's just like i don't know it's very like almost like a dick measuring contest and like she won that one yeah that's what it feels like yeah <laughs> and i think it was because even though like you were saying you know he was a kai's a mongoose you know he you would think he would want to bite first but biting's very frowned upon in the society like yeah so maybe kai's just a really good learner and so he's learned like if I'm going to fight, especially with a herbivore. It's got to be fisticuffs only. Yeah. I think that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. I don't know. I I think you are right. It's a dick measuring contest because it's originally a dick measuring contest between Kai and Louie. Yep. And Kai is about to like whip out a knife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Against Legoshi's boyfriend. So Legoshi, of course, is going to step in between them. Be like, not in my house. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, Don't touch my boyfriend. This one's mine. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He's very much like that, exactly like that, and it is odd. They do have this, like, almost instantaneous bond once they got close enough to each other. Yeah, and then it's immediately capitalized on by Power Bottom, but yeah. Well, that's what Power Bottom does, so yeah. it makes sense. How else would you be a Power Bottom? Yeah, you do have to capitalize. Mm-hmm. But we could also talk about, because it happens at the end of the first episode, and then throughout, when Legoshi's, like, animal instincts start kicking in, and he's, like, allowing them to take over, or they overpower him in the earlier episodes, mm-hmm. it's shown artistically to be, like, a literal flame that ripples through his body. All of those transition scenes, all those mm-hmm. transformation scenes, if you will, they're just stylistically 
beautiful. Oh my god, they are. One of them is where Legoshi smells Haru. Yep. Before he knows it's Haru and stuff, and they meet officially. He smells her, and you see the pheromones go in him, and it react with his brain. So it, like, it does, like you said, it turns that switch on for him. But what's interesting is this happens multiple times, especially with, like, I think it was specifically a lot with Haru. He gets these pheromones, and you see his brain reacting to them much more strongly than other times. He's a wolf. He's very good at sniffing and distinguishing smells. So it's not like, you know, something would definitely react with him so strongly. But there is something about Haru specifically that does cause, like, pheromotically, that does cause him, cause him to react. Oh, yeah. And specifically, you talked about the pheromones. I wasn't even remembering the pheromones for some reason. But like when he inhales specifically Haru's scent, but it even happens, I Mm -hmm. think, with like the rabbit's blood with Bill. Mm -hmm. They're two different colors, I think. Yes, because Haru's is always like the soft pink. Pink. Mm-hmm. but it like goes in like quickly through his nostrils but then it slows down about halfway to his brain and it just starts turning like mm-hmm. a fucking whirlpool a mm-hmm. sideways whirlpool in his brain and it just beautiful Who- whoever's idea it was to do that specifically it was a good idea because again it's my hat is off to you because it visually gives you the indicators of what's happening towards him because like we like he says later is that he you know never knows how he's really feeling towards haru because he you know she is a prey by technicality but he also has these you know feelings towards her so and it kind of shows with his brain chemistry like what's actually happening to him even though he doesn't understand it because he's just a 17 year old boy (laughs) Try to figure this out. Just a teen wolf. Oh my god. <laughs> it had to happen at some point. I'm gonna try to make that the only time. Lego she's very interesting overall. Because that's all happened, what, in the first episode? Oh yeah. All of that was the first episode. Yeah. So it's definitely a big development for him that's happening. And it's a lot awakening and just the first episode for him as a person. During a flashback of episode two, we mm-hmm. get like... Flashing back to his attack of Haru. Oh, yeah. We get introduced to his personified, question mark, <laughs> animalified, okay. animalized, being made a furry, fur, furryized. <laughs> his instincts being projected yeah. into like almost physical form, corporeal form. I guess corporealized, that would be a good word. Yeah, his corporealized instincts. I think we only see that form maybe one or two times max after this one. Because after that, it's much more of an internal battle. Yeah. But like when we first see it, it's like egging him on. It's like, you fought so hard all your life. It's time to give in. Eat her. At first, I didn't like that we never saw him like verbally argue with that being again, really. But also it makes sense where like the first time he's meeting it, he probably doesn't recognize it as a part of him. So it had to make itself known and talk to him. But then he internalized it. And so he can have those inner monologues without it needing to be represented. Yeah, I think that was wise because it was, it became a very strong voice within himself that he Mm -hmm. always had to address. And so we saw his struggle with it a lot. Yeah, it's not like they didn't bring it up. So I guess it's not necessary. (laughs) 
No, but it is interesting because, again, I don't think we really need to focus on that so hard right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be necessary in the second season, most likely, because throughout the whole season, like, Lego, she's having to learn when and how to channel his inner beast without letting it get away from him. And, you know, he's kind of learned something on it by the end of the first season, but I do think it's going to be even rougher time for him in the second season because we're not only going to be facing that, we're also going to have him trying to do handle that while handling his uh, situationship with Haru. And then, uh, never mind what the fuck ever Juno's about to do to this whole conniption. <laughs> you know, whenever we see Louis again. <laughs> so... Just between Haru and himself, it's going to be a busy season. <laughs> oh, yes. And I do think the voice will be more prominent, most likely, in the second one. Because I think he will get closer to losing control a couple of times. Kind of like where he channeled, but he kept mo- moderately controlled between um, him and Bill's fight. He tried to keep it under control, but it was too under control. He couldn't let himself go too far out because he didn't want to hurt or cause alarm. Right. I think that voice is going to come back, though. That's just my personal theory. Oh, yeah. Just because the struggle has to get worse. Like, Mm -hmm. it it just has to. It has to get worse. We ended on a kind of good note. So, it has to get worse. (laughs) First rule of pretty much any TV show, but especially anime. Main character Mm -hmm. can never be too happy for too long. Nope. Nope, nope. In episode two, we also get an interesting sort of look at, uh, we get introduced to like Louis' stance on certain things in general, but like also Mm -hmm. how Legacy is beginning to embody, because he's not really choosing to, but like how the carnivore within him is becoming more apparent. Yes. When the cafeteria, when the fight breaks out and he's, Mm -hmm. he, he, for the most part, he's off in his own world because he's like, I can't fucking eat. Because all I can think about is her. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know how that feels. Oh. That's weird. I mean, not that I, because I'm a stress eater. But. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say stress eater. <laughs> who, who does that? But then the, the fight breaks out and he stands up and screams enough and everybody's like, the fuck? Yeah. It was definitely one of those big moments. Because like, you'll see big moments throughout the season with him. Oh, yeah. Like after uh, he finds out about... A little more in detail about Haru and Louis' connection. Uh, he's a little bit more bold. He goes so passive aggressive, and I love he it. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> we will. He get does. There, I love it so much. <laughs> After his outburst, the fight still kind of like tries to ensue, but then they kind of focus on him. He immediately is like plotting an escape plan, like trying to throw the fight and. You know, his his bark is definitely yeah. worse than his bite at this point. Mm-hmm. It's like you can see glimmers of his inner carnivore power that he just tries not to release. And it's definitely one of those moments because, again, he doesn't want to hurt anyone. But no. he does understand how to regulate the emotions so that way it only inhibits like how he speaks and how he communicates versus getting physical with people. Definitely. And and then that sort of like outburst and then he immediately like goes back to his more neutral state that he's created for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his default. But one one line I wanted to specifically talk about is at the end of that scene. But Louis shows up, saves the day, and then tells him like, you were trying to lose the fight, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just love that he reads him like that. Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> he was just like a disappointed dad who found out his son's trying to get out of the baseball game because he or, doesn't like baseball. <laughs> alternatively, okay, a brat trying to bring oh. a little bit more Dom out of the top. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> that's, yeah, you you were right now that I'm thinking about more. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, that's exactly like, Are you, are you a happening. top or not? That kind of attitude. Yeah, I was gonna say, Louis like trying to figure out if it's gonna work or not between them. Yeah, definitely testing the waters. Yeah, yeah, definitely testing the waters. I just don't understand. But the the line at the end of that scene that I want to mm-hmm. contemplate for a little bit is when Legacy asks himself, if he's the justice of the school, what does that make me? Oh, yeah. Given my newfound uh, absolute propensity toward tarot i went to the major arcana and i was like oh my god well let's figure this out you sibit whore okay all right now (laughs) the i love you i love you too but okay (laughs) i just love that that's your go-to though (laughs) i'm sorry i hear the justice and i'm just yes (laughs) cards i'm here but first, and we'll probably circle around back to it, I would argue that Louis isn't the justice of the school, but assuming that he is. Yeah. At this point in the story, Legacy is, I feel very much the fool. I mean, we're at a new Ooh. beginning of the new story. He's being presented with all of these new opportunities. Mm-hmm. And he, given the situation, given his mood, he either tries to think it all the way through and like overthinks it and eventually like talks himself out of it, usually with Haru, or he tends to go for it without really thinking, a la like the fight with Bill. So that's one way that I'm thinking about it. The other, and it emerges later in the story, as I'm sure anyone who's well-versed in tarot at all is can see coming, I would put him as maybe the lovers. Oh, okay. Because it's about choice. Mm-hmm. There's also an internal meaning in the card of like vice and virtue. So that struggling between what you want morally and what you want or don't want amorally. So I've thought this through a little bit. <laughs> you did, you did. But also, I think Louis is a bit more of the emperor than justice. But I can see that, yeah. That's just my opinion. Now, I do got a question about that. Do you think that Legoshi connects Louis to justice because of the fact that he is the proposed of becoming B-stars? And that's like a notion associated with the B-stars, that someone is... Yeah, justice and stands for others. Yeah, powerful enough to be that justice in the world. Yeah, and it's also because when Louis's around, the other students like really tend to mind their P's and Q's. They do. Just because he's there. Mm-hmm. He's a very powerful individual that commands the room. And all he had to do was be rich and be the star of drama club. Cool. Yeah, that's it. That's all he went through, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. being the star of drama club gives like a backdrop for the backdrop no that's true i was just saying like that's that's it that's yes that's that's all he had to do <laughs> it's just a lot that they all have to go through a little bit later in the episode like she gets recruited to go to the gardening club to pick up like roses for a display yeah some some stupid reason that really doesn't matter so he runs into haru because haru is the what sole proprietor of the garden yeah Mm -hmm. nobody likes to garden in high school weird yeah but 
I specifically noted this because I I feel like it speaks a lot to his his mental state at the time, seeing her again, recognizing who it is that he will be primarily interacting with as this liaison to the gardening club. Mm-hmm. And the only the first two thoughts he has, and the only two thoughts I think before it's not a commercial break because it's Netflix, but like a clear break where a commercial would have been put is first she's such a small rabbit, yeah. and two devil's garden. He refers to it as the Devil's Garden. That sounds like a kinky club. Sounds like a failed euphemism for Haru's playground. Yeah. I just just really think... But think about it. Like, you can make that kinky, like, sex club and Haru as, like, the madam. Oh. Yeah. I would... I don't know. I cannot tell you how much money I would pay Uh to hear Kari from Digimon say the words, Welcome to the Devil's Garden. Oh... My god. Man, we're just out here corrupting people with this shit. (laughs) Let's get back to the actual show, like, as it exists. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I got so distracted with Devil's Garden because it connected to Adam Eve and then it connected to a sex club to me. So I was like, I gotta figure this out real fast. (laughs) If you're listening to this, uh, we're gonna assume that you've already watched Stars, so we all know like mm-hmm. what, what happens the first time Legacy's in the garden but the big thing we want to focus on is the fact that he was fucking oblivious because of how much in his head he was she was literally stripping in front of him yep i loved it what a dorky like i'm gonna man. say the wrong thing and i'm sorry talking at his ears and shit and she's just like i'm half naked now take me wolfman yeah, and she's like, I've never been with a carnivore before. I can handle it rough. And oh, I was like, yes. oh. Don't be afraid. You can, Madam. Rough, I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be rough. Oh, God. He gets embarrassed and like immediately throws a blanket on her. Yeah, that was sweet. He was such a nervous little boy. He did not know what the fuck was happening. But it was sweet because like he didn't want to. He felt bad because she didn't know it was him that mm-hmm. did the attack. So it was sweet that he really was more concerned about that. And then, because most, I feel like most men in a traditional sense would look and be like, oh, I don't remember what I was thinking anymore. Right. Oh, it's sex time now. Yeah. So I did like that because, like, again, it shows his connection still to his, like, it's still early in the season, but it shows his connection to being more um, idealistic and pure. Mm Mm-hmm. And not wanting to hurt others and feeling that inability to control his emotions. Because we've talked about this, uh, we'll talk about this later too. Different things cause are uh, similar to sexual attraction that are outside of sexual attraction for the carnivores. So it was, I think it was very much a, like, he had a guttural reaction. But he was so nervous and ashamed of what had happened that he was just like, no, this is, no. Wait, no, you don't need to do anything like this. <laughs> no. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I am Big Wolf. You are Little Rapid. But yeah, he um throws a blanket on her. Like he did. Zips his pants back up. <laughs> and is like, uh, sorry, gotta go. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. As he's walking back inside, we've now crossed over into episode three, by the way. As he goes back inside and starts going back to the drama club, the anteater that ditched him in the garden <laughs> wants to know what happened. What a little bitch. <laughs> I mean, his his nose is bigger than his entire face or head. So, yeah. but of course, like she's like, nothing happened. What are you talking about? Which was interesting. Knowing, knowing, yeah, knowing what he knows 
but he doesn't know what the anteater knows. Yeah, he doesn't know about Haru's reputation. The anteater does know that Haru has a reputation of sorts um, among the male classmates. Um, yeah. Because she has been had multiple sexual partners, and they all like to act hurt when they find out they're not the one. Especially the Harlequin rabbit. Yeah, as if they're all not cheating all their girls with Haru. Right. And it's like, how could you do this to me? Well, you're kind of cheating on your girlfriend. Did you think about that part before you're upset with her for not only being with you? Like, Let me answer your question with another question. Yeah, why not? Do you really think that they thought about that? Oh, hell no. Okay. Hell no. They're just thinking with their dick. They're like, I thought my dick was special. <laughs> but it's not. Don't we all, though? I know mine is, because I have huge balls. They're inflatable. I specifically like, I don't know, I like it and dislike it, that when the anteater does tell Legacy kind of, in few words, what Haru's reputation is, mm-hmm. and Legacy's like, there may be a lot of rumors out there, but I feel like she's a good person. Yeah! Because to me, he didn't quite interact with her enough to know that, but I know he's picking up on stuff. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I know he's like got to think that for the story's context, so that's cool. But it also shows a lot of his idealism. Like it's not that she showed him that she's a good person; she showed him that she's not a bad person. Yes, yes, and she's someone who kind of like he is kind of similar to him because he does relate with her on this. Because when she, he enters and asks her, "Hey, what happened to your arm?" she says, "Oh, I fell," or she says something like that. Yeah, and she doesn't let on that she was attacked initially, and that's because she's a private person and she doesn't know who she can trust in the school. She's been proven time and time again that no one really seems to trust her or want to befriend her and think a lot of negative thoughts about her. Mm-hmm. she's not gonna open herself up and considering he knows because he's the one who attacked her he probably sees similarities with himself in her even though her out here is much more friendly and bubbly than his is yes i think it's one of those kind of things in the sense of uh that specifically her not being so much a good person but because he has similarities with her and he believes he's a good person even though yeah. he he has questionable things happen and stuff he wants to be a good person so that's what he keeps aiming for and since she wasn't going around saying you know she was attacked she's not really sure what exactly happened and she's dealing with the aftermath of that herself i think it kind of shows like she's someone who probably has a traumatic experience like him and who's probably not all that she appears to others yeah i can get behind that cool come on get behind it that's gonna take a while okay unsurprisingly after that we get confirmation from an internal monologue that legacy has that he's never even had a girlfriend before surprise surprise yeah too intimidating to the herbivores which he's technically just now figuring out he has a kink for and too docile (laughs) for the carnivores what a time to find out you have a kink for herbivores is right after a carnivore is attacking herbivores struggles all around what a time to find out about your kink this was the point when i first watched it i remember being like oh so is he like an incel because i'm really not gonna like this luckily he's not yeah thankfully he's not definitely but jesus christ i was like i'm really enjoying these like two and a half episodes i've watched so far can we please not make me hate the main character (laughs) that's a fair concern 
But now the big almost reveal is that he gets back to drama club. They're in the middle of practice or whatever. And this is when Kai reveals mostly to us, I guess, that everybody in the drama club has a history. Something happened to everybody. He actually point blank asks Legacy about his story. And he immediately deflects to who? Fucking Louie. Yes. So he... Definitely distracts to Louis, which makes sense because each time you got higher in the drama club, it seemed like the secrets got more and more intense yeah. or something to that degree. But I feel like there's something up with Legoshi in that manner because, again, we don't really know what uh, Legoshi is, his past is. I feel like he's probably going to be one of the bigger prizes in that way. Yeah, and I think I think we actually talked about it. Uh, when we recorded the last episode, that oh, probably. we feel that he may have like witnessed his parents murder and devour somebody. And right. Yeah. It scarred him mm-hmm. or that possibly his parents were devoured. Yeah. In front of him. Yeah. Which would be pretty cool as a concept. Yeah. And both of those would make a lot of sense, particularly the parents being devoured would probably make a bit more sense as to why he would repress like every part of him that's a carnivore. Yes. Yes, definitely. Or they attacked someone and he watched them. Because then it would be more interesting if he did that more so as like a voluntary thing, watching his parents devour somebody, because Mm -hmm. then Louis shows up being like, be a fucking carnivore. Yes. So, from one daddy to another type of daddy. <laughs> Specifically, dear daddy. <laughs> oh, that's not my joke. I have to remember to put that YouTube video link in the description. Oh, that's, that's so good of a YouTube video. Oh, dear daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Imagine someone <laughs> dressing up as him as a leather daddy. But like fucking he's a, buff and oh yeah, <laughs> like if um Major Alex Louis Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist cosplayed yeah. as Louis, mm-hmm. you would die. Something would happen. <laughs> Lance would go through a lot of self discovery that night. <laughs> I'd be fucking legacy to a T. Just do I like this? What do I want? <laughs> I suddenly want his fist in my mouth. <laughs> oh, speaking of. <laughs> what? Okay. The next big scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, where are we going from here? Is the mouth fisting scene. I mean, who doesn't love a good mouth fisting? Me. I would not. Again, I'm, I'm really going to have to put the video link in the show notes, but. This power bottom has issues. <laughs> I do like that in that scene, once Louis retracts his arm after definitely proclaiming to Wolf the Soft Dom that mm-hmm. he has issues, he says, I need to pretend since there's no denying that wolves are strong, but you're different. It means something that you are also strong. Tomorrow, everyone's coming to see that, to see your pure strength, Louis, talking him up before the first performance. Ooh, that's so deep. When Legacy leaves, Louis says to himself, I didn't expect to hear that from you. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot he said that. It's like quiet into himself, but it's just like, oh, 
Was that some Dom spirit I'm finally getting out of you after two episodes? <laughs> oh, God. Just imagine that being, like, his goal every week. Like, just to push Legoshi more and more. One, one more splash of Dom. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> It'll get me through the next week, I promise. He has to be a brat. Like, I know he's a power bottom, but oh, he yeah. has to be a brat. Like, there's no way he is not a brat at this point. Between everything, like, he is just... He has to be. He could be a more brat outside, or I guess off of the bed. But like, mm-hmm. as soon as they hit the sheets, he's all power bottom. Yes, definitely. I can agree with that. Yeah, because he's totally a brat in the outside world, and I think that's because he wants to push Legoshi to the edge in more ways than one. Way more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times, if preferred. Without release, preferred. <laughs> but yeah and then we have this like nice little scene they have like a weird biology day which i kind of get it's a school full of different kinds of animals so Mm -hmm. they have dedicated days set out where they just give the animals some time to like do some things that are natural for them of course being wolves it is for him and all of the other wolf folk at the school which i might have to look back because I don't remember seeing Juno there. I don't think she was there initially, no. Interesting. But it is to look up at a full moon that's being yeah. projected onto a ceiling. Which is, I mean, I feel that. I call the moon my mama, so. <laughs> oh. But yeah, and he just starts, not only does he like look up at the moon and he's kind of lost in his own thoughts, but he actually sees Haru up in the moon. Right. He leaves the planetarium, as I'm going to call it, prematurely, mm-hmm. and goes to look at the sunset, which is now happening and it's very pretty. And he says, I think I'm feeling happy. Oh. He says another quote. I made a lot of quotes because they're just that good he does accept that he is feeling the emotion of happiness because he catches his tail wagging which is mm-hmm. very cute and then he says that i'll accept this other feeling too i want to see her again oh. like oh my god it's so sweet that is so cute <laughs> he just generally likes her it's so cute i hate too it bad everybody else convinces him that he wants to eat her yeah and to be fair, I'm sure little kids, if they hear adults talking about eating out and such in connection with another body, I'm sure they are also confused on <laughs> why adults eat each other. Oh, you'll understand when you're older. <laughs> really broad strokes, because I don't think we need to go through scene by scene for like three different characters, because that would just be that would be a lot far too much. Yeah. So like after the performance and Louis falls out because he broke his fucking leg bill is selected to take his place and legacy is selected to take bill's place right as a villain and this is super important for a lot of reasons so there is an interaction between bill and legacy where bill tells him that you know you have a small role so even if you fuck it up it's not gonna like derail the entire performance and this that and the other it's just like jesus christ dude can you calm down he cannot i know but i ugh. Mm-hmm. I understand. And then, of course, we have during the dress rehearsal where they're like mock fighting, but it's during practice. It's not the actual performance. And like she actually comments like, I think Bill's enjoying this a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the fucking performance. And like she enters the stage for their fight, like throws the fake sword down and just 
fucking Goes I don't off. even know the name of the punch that he throws, but Bill flies about a quarter way across the stage. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. And then like she hops on top of him and proceeds to attempt to beat him into oblivion. Yeah, he did. Oh my god. And that is after the discovery that Bill has been microdosing with rabbit's blood, which sets him off and gets his animal instincts really going, so that probably spurred on too much of the fight itself and Oh, it just, wow. Mm-hmm. It's a very intense fight. And then, I'm sorry, I'm going to quote this fucking video so much. Not on my stage, <laughs> Louie. <laughs> comes in and tells Bill to go away. But not before Bill thoroughly scratches up Legacy's back. Yeah. And so there's this neat little moment between them where, like, Louie is there to help, but he's not there to help. So that either of them look helpless, because again, Louis being a brat, he wants mm-hmm. Legacy to be seen as he is. And he tells him to like stand up and not let the audience see his back and not let them see the blood on the stage. And oof. It's very intense. But I do also want to mention again, fucking line, Louis sticks out his hand <laughs> to help Legacy get up. And he's just like, Louis's delicate hands. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he's not really hiding it. At least he doesn't, like, say it verbally, but, like... mm. (laughs) But, mm. yeah, he was very... It was a very intense scene, because, like, the fight even went over into the next day when Louis was reaming their asses on it outside, because it was such a huge issue that went down on stage. And Louie thought for sure they just fucked up everything. And luckily they didn't. Yeah. I mean, that's something. It was interesting too because he did force them into the front when they saw that the paparazzi basically for the school was surrounding them. So he pretty much tossed them into it. Oh yeah. He was like, no, it all went according to plan. Don't fuck this up. And then left. (laughs) Yes, basically. And he left them to deal with all of it. And so that was interesting because you just wouldn't think that he would want to just leave them considering they made a huge mess in his mind the night before. But he also is someone who does want to collect all the attention and make it up for the drama club. I was about to say book club for some Mm -hmm. reason. I was like, that's not it. (laughs) That's not correct. No, I really wanted to say book club. I was like, ah, that's not right. Yeah, no. And then I also think it's in character for what Louis wants of Legacy, because he already knows that Bill's going to at least attempt to spin something like that to make himself look better. Definitely. But Legacy is more inclined to be either quiet or honest or both. Oh, yeah. So Louis like set the stage for him literally. It was just like, no, all according to plan, and then gave him a look. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take my lead and don't fuck this up, you fucking wolf. <laughs> you fucking wolf. Which is funny because when you think about it, that was like the last thing Legoshi would want was more attention on himself. Right. And uh, that's exactly what that gave him. Exactly. Like on top of the performance where everyone knew who each guy was they see him in the newspaper and they're getting all these you know connections made and so he's becoming a much more pronounced person within the drama club than he used to be because he was behind the lights you didn't really see him he was always in the dark in comparison to the others 
Mm-hmm. So I think it definitely pushes him more and more throughout the season. You see him becoming more and more pushed towards the front and forced into situations that most carnivores would love to be in. Definitely. Just making sure I found where we were in the episode lists. Oh, okay. But no, yeah, just in general wants Legacy to take center stage. It's almost like low-key Louis was shaping Legacy to like take his place for his inevitable departure that happens at the end of the season. Ooh, okay. That literally just came to my mind. I didn't think of that. Like, not, like, in a conscious way, but, like, in a storytelling way. Yes. That was his function. Yes, I see what you're saying. I do think you are correct to think that, because... Yeah, that's just, that makes a lot of sense. A lot had to happen to force him into more and more of the spotlight. And it had to be in connection to Louis almost the whole time. Right. Because that was the only way you really got into the newspaper unless it was for murder. So. Right. Which (laughs) Or just generally being a fucking creeper. Yeah. Which, I mean, happens too. No one says it doesn't. But a, another interesting scene is the dinner that he has with Haru. Because they, this is where we can kind of go in on Haru too uh, for a little bit, is Legashi's afraid that he's scaring her and mm-hmm. that she'll never go for anything with him because he's a fucking wolf. Mm-hmm. And he's like not saying anything because he doesn't know what to say and he's scared to say anything. And meanwhile, she wants to run every time he opens his fucking mouth. Yeah. So they're both just sitting there having crises. <laughs> they're both having individual crises while trying to remain calm and have a dinner together, which is yes, just insanity. The art style comes in again and it's fucking amazing how like Legacy is surrounded by these dark, I think his are more round demons Mm -hmm. and then when he starts he starts legitimately panicking and he actually says the word like anxiety panic something like that and his eyes it does a close-up of his eyes and they're just like shooting in all fucking directions just like yes all of that yeah and then we look at haru and she's just got these like demon bunnies behind her that are all black and red and she's just happy as can be (laughs) they're just like screaming at her Oh my god, demon bunnies. Something like that. I mean, you're not wrong. I was just shocked that that's how you described it. Uh, they both comment on the fact that there's like a gap between them. Legacy thinks that he's like making it because he hasn't told her that they already kind of met. Yeah. But she thinks it's purely because he's a fucking wolf. Yeah, which is fair. And technically, they're both not wrong. They aren't, yeah. They're pretty close to being on target for each other. But yeah, I think it's just definitely one of those where you kind of want to say, oh, it's because they're so young. But at the same time, you're just like, I think they're just really dumb sometimes. Yeah, I I think just the dumb hits quite hard. (laughs) I think the dumb just hit them and it's just like, oh... Honey, that's so sad. <laughs> in uh, true Beastars fashion, <laughs> and in true me fashion, I have a quote that closes out episode five for us. Okay. Uh, when they're walking back to the dorm and she tries to tie her shoe, she can't. He kneels down, helps her, and then they like lock eyes. They have this weird moment. Aw. Yeah. Everybody say aw. Aw. He closes with an inner monologue that says, 
I want to see you smile more. I want to see more of you. If I could lock eyes with you like this again, I'd do anything, no matter what it takes. You disgusting, hopeless romantic. (laughs) (laughs) That's the most hopeless romantic quotes. It really is, though. Like, not not touch you, technically not even see you. If I could just lock eyes with you again, anything. Oh my god, that's so romantic and disgusting. That is some shit you would say. That is some shit I'm, I'm you would say. I'm pretty sure that's some shit I have said. I was going to say, that's some shit you would say to me when you're discussing a new guy in your life and you're coming to me and you're like, <laughs> if we can just lock eyes again. And I'm just saying, they're like, I need another whole picture <laughs> if I'm going to deal with this. Look, so I, hopeless romantic emo, keep all yes. of these in mind. I'm speaking to other people. I don't think I've told you this story either, but you already know these things about me. Mm. There was, I believe it was in grad school, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. We went to like a hookah bar. Okay. And there was this like just obscenely attractive guy. Oh, okay. And I was, I wasn't high because it was a fucking hookah, but Mm -hmm. man was I dizzy. I couldn't, like half of the party that went with us, there were like five or six that went. Half of us had to go outside because the smoke was just getting too much. And I was one of those. And I've smoked since I was 18. That's how much smoke was in that joint. Damn. So I am 100% allowing for the possibility that I was just fucking looped out of my mind. Yeah. But obscenely attractive guy. Really wanted to talk with him about anything for however long I was there. Mm -hmm. Never did. And I spent the entire hour and a half ride back to town writing a poem about why I didn't talk to him. I'm processing that. Yes. So while you process, for those of you at home, do take everything that Kayla is saying. And honestly, what I've been saying to heart. There is no grain of salt needed. Oof. You wrote a poem about a strange man you saw at the hookah bar. Yep. Okay. I'm not surprised. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) Say no more. Speaking of outings into the city, the next big thing to happen is... An outing outing into into the city? city. Woo! Beautiful. We meet the... Fuck, what did he call The down-on-his-luck finger salesman? (laughs) (laughs) That's not what we should call him, but that's such a good name. We have to. I know. The the poor homeless man slash down on his luck finger salesman who tries to get them to pay for one of his fingers for them to eat. And then meeting the black market followed by meeting Goheen. Yes. Goheen is, he really, really wants to be my favorite character. Like I yes. can tell. He, wa- he wants that. He wants that, yeah. I don't know if he'll ever get that status, but he is very close. I think he's much closer than you probably believe. Because there's just... There's so much legacy in Louis that he's got to get there, to be honest. That's fair. And I think he understands that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, nah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I can understand. Like, there's things to work on here. And I understand. He's not Louis or Legoshi, so he has to put a little more effort in than normal. Yeah. And hopefully we see him come back. The end of the season for him was left very ambiguous. I would be shocked if we don't see him again. Right. Because he's 
he's a pretty big character now. He is like the Yoda of the show. He's the one you go to for sensible advice for the most part. Right. Unless that comes to, to kinks, because he's always going to kink shame. Yeah. He is definitely the stereotypical macho man, probably in everyone's life, you at least know one, where they will talk down about a bunch of shit, but you know deep down when they're behind closed doors, they're probably the freakiest little shit ever. I think I got I got one. So he is the like conservative father that's starting to get on in years. He's probably like 50, 60-ish. Mm-hmm, okay. And has been like steadfastly conservative and conventional and traditional all his life. But like one of his kids is like gay or trans and he's trying so hard. Oh, yeah. To like be there for them and understand what they're going through. But he's struggling with it only mm-hmm. because he's only had this one thought process for so long but like there is not a mean bone in his body he just genuinely doesn't understand i think that's goheen yeah i think you're 100 percent correct in that description of him because i don't think he means any harm i mean he was really trying to help lego she mm-hmm. even though he you know handcuffed him initially because you know well everybody's got their kinks <laughs> i mean no shame you know i do think is one of those situations where he is someone who legoshi and probably some of the others you know once they meet him will probably look to as someone to help them transition from high school into society without causing much harm Mm-hmm. because the black market does exist and while he tries to protect society basically because while he can't understand the need for it he also doesn't want people to get harm in the making of it so right. and he's someone who doesn't partake in the product so he's i don't want to say he's one of those drug dealers but i want to say he <laughs> he's definitely someone who's protecting he's trying to protect society and do what he thinks is best But he also understands that people get addicted and it becomes a habit and he needs to protect those who may get harmed because of an addiction, which I do think all of our society can relate to. Lorno's addiction runs rampant in our country as of now between opioids and everything. So I do think it's understandable. So I'm hoping he comes back because I do think he's the only strong adult character they have. I mean, even when we see other adult characters, they're not very strong. Like whether you're talking about the guy in charge of the drama club or the woman who looks in on Legoshi at the end of the season while he's um, in the infirmary. All people who don't want to hear about the negatives or hear about what's going on outside that's bad, they don't want to hear about because they're just trying to maintain the status quo. And the students are like, I don't want to do this my whole life. So I do think he's going to be someone who could play a pivotal role in what happens in society if he chooses to act on it. Yeah. So hopefully he comes back. That's my hope. <laughs> and that long explanation. Definitely my opinion. Yeah. I do think he'll come back. I think it's just, I think it's probably going to be an interesting storyline coming back. Oh, yeah. Because of where we left off with him. So we're like Louie. Leaving off with Louie, let's rejoin Louie. Okay, we can rejoin him. Yeah. Because the next big event okay. is when Legacy almost walks in on them. Yes. And starting to cue the passive-aggressive, bold Legacy. I know, I love it. He's so jealous. There's immediately this banter between them. It's just like, we're friends. Are you friends? Why are you here? I could ask you the same question. And like everyone around them in the drama club is watching it happen. And they're like, are they friends or are they enemies? And they're all just like, <laughs> can't it be both? <laughs> like, 
because I think it's both. Okay, no la dos. <laughs> That's just the tagline for this show. Can't it be both? Right, yes. B stars, colon, can't it be both? <laughs> I truly believe that is their tagline. Oh my god. What? Because it's like, is this a love story or furry porn? Can't it be both? Oh is no. or Louie? Can't it be both? That one I can believe. Can't it be both? Anyway, the biggest sort of addition that this brings afterwards is Legacy now knows that, for all intents and purposes, Louis is, as well as reality, sleeping with Haru. Yeah. Louis thinks they might be fucking. Yeah. I do believe that there's an inkling in him that, like, knows it hasn't happened. But he thinks it's going to happen. Right. And the, you know, I gotta talk about it, because this is, like, the first point in the show that, like, I physically can't. Okay. It marks the first episode that I have to take a break after I watch it. Like, I'm never going to be able to binge watch this entire season. Yeah. And it is when they are out preparing for the festival. Haru's at her gardening club bit, setting things up. And Legacy's helping paint the giant dinosaur and whatever. Mm -hmm. And he glances over at her and Louie is there and they're talking. And at first it's whatever. And then he like pats her on the head. And for whatever reason, that... Sets Legacy off, and he goes full emo theater kid crazy. Yes, he does. He squeezes fucking paint tubes till they bust, and then he rubs the paint (laughs) over his fucking cheek. I feel like you're trying to say something about it, but I don't know what. I mean, let's just say I've done my outward projection. (laughs) Thank you. But... And you know, this is the end of episode seven, and you know I got quotes. Mm-hmm. I know you got quotes. You ready? I'm ready. Quote me away. It's difficult to breathe when I think about her. Things have been much harder to deal with. I hate Hard. you. <laughs> I like that you- <laughs> That expression on your face. Please, stop. I can't take it. Especially now, since I just figured out what this feeling is. Gross. I'm in love with you. No! <laughs> You feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> you should. That's an uncomfortable scene. <laughs> I'm so uncomfortable. But yes, I have cried now all three times I've watched that fucking episode. Oh, God. And I can never immediately start episode eight. Ever, ever, ever. But yes, starting with episode eight, that's when Passive Aggressive Legacy comes out. And I wish I had had the mental fortitude to get a quote of what he actually says to Louis when they're in the drama club, because Louis says something and then like, she's like right behind him and right over his shoulder is like, (laughs) (laughs) those exact words. Right. Yeah, that's a quote. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I quote things from movies. But yeah, we also get the one where they try to take the train home. Uh, yeah. And we learn that carnivores can be arrested for showing any sort of hostility toward herbivores. We learn that Haru outwardly wants to seem very comfortable with herself. It's later revealed that she's actually very uncomfortable with herself. Mm-hmm. But like she makes the comment that he wants her to like value herself and stop <gasps> giving herself away like she does. And she actually gets offended. Yeah, it was this defense mechanism. Yeah, it's it's a lot. 
It's a lot. It's a lot. And I feel so bad because, like, as someone who has, you know, done similar stuff in terms of, like, using sexual self-expression to kind of self-therapy, self-medicate yourself through your own trauma and through your own issues going on at the time, it's very rough when, especially if you haven't seen it that way, like, I thankfully I always knew what I was doing. And so I was like, oh, no, I'm just damaged, honey. You're fine. I don't think Haru fully, we see her kind of explore that thought process because, I mean, we've noted before that she noticed that she got power when she became more feminine. She got breasts, she got hips. Once that happened, she gained more attention from people in general. Mm. So she wasn't looked at as just a small being. She has some kind of power over men. I can see, and she's young, so I can definitely see where as a young person, it is very insulting because she doesn't really address it and recognize this behavior until later that she was kind of like self-medicating herself because she does recognize it as she thinks of it as more of a power play. But in reality, she was kind of like self-medicating herself and trying to make herself feel better about where her position in life was because so many people disliked her based on something she couldn't help, which was being a small white dwarf rabbit. Yeah, I think this is where I take my turn in identifying with Haru. Okay. Because when I was engaging in things like that, I wasn't aware at the time. Oh. Like, I wasn't so self-aware that I was aware that I was self-medicating myself that way. Yeah. That came a lot later. It was more so, I think, in that, sort of similar to the fact that, like, she realizes that she got power, she didn't get pity. Yeah. At that time. Mm Mm-hmm. For me, it was more of a... I feel like I'm in control of something. I feel like I'm sharing something. Like it's like I just didn't feel so alone. But now looking back, I was like, no, I was like thoroughly depressed. And that was my outlet trying to work through that. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Same here. Again, I recognize it. I just I was not in the mental capacity to really uh, try and change that part of myself at the time. Right. But again, there's nothing wrong with being that sexually active. Oh, no. It's just that Haru gets slut-shamed for it. She gets slut-shamed from women and men who sleep with her. Yeah. And so she gets the stereotype of being a slut in school. And she does try to put on a brave face about it and act like she has control of the situation or can kind of manipulate and control the bullies a little bit more. But she really can't. She's just trying to get by at that point. She's not really helping herself with any of it at that point. Yeah. Again, I do think she just was very insulted, which is fair. But yeah, and then they kind of run away because they got so angry with each other. Then now they have to or they're going to jail. (laughs) Well, at least Legoshi would be going to jail. Yeah, and now... Once they took off, Haru was like, we both could go to jail because now she's like aiding in a bit. Yes, which is funny because that would mean that she as a herbivore wouldn't have, you know, pressed charges. But because he was threatening her or it's perceived that she he was threatening her, that's why they would both be going to jail at that point because it could be seen as like yeah. she's helping someone who cannot control his emotions and is violent. But uh, speaking of when they run away, I noted that it's ironic what like she says here. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know where it leads, but there's a path opening up for me. All I have to do is keep looking forward. And when he says that line, keep looking forward, he is doing not that. He is literally looking behind him at Haru. And I think that says a lot. Yeah, he 
he's so sweet on her. He really, like, that's the thing. He really does care about her. And even though between his biological ideals and what society is expecting of him, it's very, I mean, it's a tough road to be on as a young, mm-hmm. like, growing adult to be facing and to be making these kind of very grown-up decisions when you're still just in high school and you just had your one of your close friends murdered. True. I think it's a lot. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just a wimp. If you're a wimp, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Oh, okay. I was gonna say, at least ghosts are scared of me. What's your excuse going on? <laughs> but I found, not in a direct quote, but I at least know what legacy like, says to Louis in his ear. Passive oh, okay. So while all of this is going on with Legashi and Haru, at practice, Bill cut Louis's hand. I forgot about this. During a mock fight. Yeah. And so when Legashi sees it the next morning, he goes up behind him and is like, I hope it doesn't leave a scar. <laughs> God, that happened. What a petty bitch. Like, that is... Petty spaghetti. That is some petty stuff. Like, I could see you doing something like that. Exactly. <laughs> I am Legoshi. You. That is a very you and Legoshi moment just then. Because, wow, that was petty. But he had, like, the extra lace of aggressive over the passive aggressive. Like, he wanted Louis to know what he meant. Yes, and <laughs> Louis... Understood. Oh, yes. That's my thing with it every time. It's like, it's not like either of you are really hiding it very well. You guys both just decided to not pay attention for a hot minute. And then you looked up and you're like, oh, that's been happening this whole time. And... (laughs) Right. So, like, maybe I should do something about that. (laughs) Or be concerned about that in some way. But, you know, I guess that's not how everyone thinks. And that's okay. (laughs) I just... Ugh. God. So I'm glad I found that quote. What a messy pair. We've now reached the end of episode eight. Okay. Which is the blackout. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Time for me to cry again. I can't wait. I don't think anybody needs reminding, but just in case. <laughs> Your voice cracks. Lights go out. Yes, I'm emotional. The lights go out (gasps) at the festival grounds, and naturally, like all the drama, kids, like, group together. The carnivores are on the outside, and they're protecting because they they think it's... Someone trying to... Whoever's doing the devourings Mm -hmm. and whatever. Yeah. Which I thought was sweet. I just wanted to make note of that. I did think that was very sweet. It was very, like, coming together as a community, like... Especially after, um, in the first episode, they were very much like, how can you blame me, blah, 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 blah. Like, it mm-hmm. just shows their growth as watching people around them get hurt and issues come up and all these things. They recognize that they can trust each other and they'll protect each other. I thought it was a very sweet moment, so I just wanted to point oh, yeah. that out. It brings to mind, like, friend groups that'll, like, infight, you know, because that's, that's going to happen. Yeah. You just, you have two different personalities mm-hmm. around each other enough, like, fighting's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, definitely. But when it comes down to brass tacks, you know that you have each other's back. Definitely. That's usually how my friend groups went, for sure. <laughs> went. I don't have those. Yeah, anymore. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very alone. <laughs> So they're all like huddled together, and of course, like she's like, "Ooh, my bunny king," <laughs> and <laughs> takes off to fight Haru. Oh no! Anyway, sorry. I'm glad we're laughing leading up to this. It'll soften <laughs> the blow. Th- where's my bunny? King? <laughs> Why did that sound like 
like you said that before is my thing too. No, I literally have it. That like came to mind. I was gonna say like my my bunny toy or something <laughs> like that, but I was like, no, I want I want the word kink in That's there. That's fair. So bunny kink is what came out. God, that was too much bunny kink. Okay, keep going. I'm just not gonna be over it. So he he goes in search of Haru. He eventually finds her like cowering behind a tree. And as he rounds the corner of the tree, she jumps up and screams, Louie, you came for me. And hugs him. Yeah. And it is at that moment that Legashi freezes and the lights come on. And so Haru looks up and she's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) But we talked about it before. Like he takes it like a true yeah he does like just immediately like he get he gives himself like a couple seconds to feel his feelings and then he's like you know what yeah and he stoops down he's like are you okay and she's just like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry And he's like no it's fine are you okay like it was very sweet yeah i like i came i came to get you it doesn't matter what happened yeah and i thought that was very nice because it was a stressful situation and you know, again, it's not like they had any claim to each other. So I think it was a very a mature response to the whole situation for himself to have said it that way. Mm-hmm. Which again, he's a 17 year old. That's why I'm saying like, I'm giving him props for that. Because like, anytime I was 17, which was when I was 17. <laughs> that was... Shocking. <laughs> breaking news. I probably would have tried to have that mature response. But I, I'm not sure I would have had it as easily as he did. But again, I do think he's trained himself to oh, do no. such a thing like this. I would have just utterly broken. Like, I'm sure I would have said about the same things that he did, but it would come out more as, like, completely detached. Yeah. Like, just, no, that's fine. Yeah. And I think later you would be petty about it. Once you knew everyone was safe oh, and yeah. you were back at school, you would be so petty about the whole situation. Which is kind of what he does. Sneak up, <laughs> sneak up behind him and be like, guess who? Yeah. Louie. <laughs> I would make her feel bad at every opportunity. Why do I flirt that way? (sighs) We don't need to psychologically die. No, I was going to say, that's another episode. So after all of that, Mm -hmm. we have the double whammy of Legacy resolving to protect Louis at all costs after he saves him from the leopard that's trying to kill him. Yes, yeah. And then literally later in that episode, after Hadu is kidnapped, he attempts to beat the shit out of Louis. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, Louis being Louis. the all business yeah. man. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not going. They're like, there's nothing we can do that she's probably already dead. Like that yes. kind of defeatist mm-hmm. attitude. Which is interesting because then it goes into his inner monologue and he's showing just as much concern as Legoshi is, just inwardly. Oh yeah, because he can't afford to show it outwardly. We've kind of hit already about the infiltration of the hideout. Yeah. And talking about how Legoshi evolved. Mm -hmm. He's really starting to accept his carnivore side by using it for Haru's benefit. Yes, big time. And something else, just because we're talking about how his predator side is coming out and like his carnivore side, Mm -hmm. during the same time while she's kidnapped by the Shishigumi, she's experiencing a very, very demeaning and tough position because we've seen her go through the whole season pretty much getting bullied whether it's by people she slept with or by their girlfriends or by classmates or whatever but now we're seeing her get basically sexually assaulted and tormented 
before she's being threatened to be devoured, basically. Because she's been told to, like, strip and do all these things. And in her inner monologues going on about, like, how she's small as runt, like, gonna get eaten alive, this is where she dies, and all this stuff. So she's pretty much gone into accepting that she's gonna die here because no one's gonna come looking for her. And, like, she didn't even think about the fact that Lego she would because of the fact that in their previous interactions it's been so awkward because of a lot of the, like, in-your-face issues with physical differences between them. Right, and she's never been able to, like, read him, so she would have no way of predicting that he felt that way about her. Yeah, yeah. Not to a point that was that deep between the two of them. She thought he was just a nice young man who just checked in on her, basically. Not that he was falling in love with her. Love awakens fools in us all. Gross. If there's any, like, closing words, you know, on Legacy, since that's all we really talked about yeah. in this one. No, I mean, we'll, t- we'll touch on Legacy and his relationship while we finish up Louie and going into Juno and more of Haru and their connection. Because yeah. they end the season very heavy on Legacy and Haru. So we do need to yes. talk about that for a bit. They do uh, end it with the promise of them getting together. They're not actually together. Mm-hmm. I believe one of the closing lines is actually Haru saying, I'll be waiting, which doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence. Yeah, but, you know. I- I was going to say, I have a lot of quotes from that whole scenario going on on my notepad, so I got us covered on that. (laughs) As we revisit. Yeah, look at you. (laughs) I'll have the quotes this time. So we'll actually have a part four. To this whole series. Coming out a little bit later after this one. (laughs) And then we'll be closing out the season. That's so weird. Been doing this for, I mean, we've been recording for like eight months almost at this point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely about eight months, because we started in October, so it's been, yeah, it's been like eight to nine months now. We almost have a baby together. God, I cannot wait to push it out. (laughs) It's going to be the most deformed creature you'll ever see. I'm going to, you're going to love it. Yeah, hopefully everyone will want to come see. I mean. So I think that'll about do us for our legacy recap. A lot going on with that poor little sad wolf. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode. We certainly, I've thoroughly enjoyed like researching and recording the Beastars episode so far. Definitely. We are pretty, we are thorny, and we are very much over this bullshit. Stay thorny, y'all. Bye.